0: Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Belts.
1: And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow, and we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time.
0: Hey, Sarah. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Did I just hit your mic? You did. I apologize. That's okay.
1: How
0: are you feeling today? How'd you sleep? Fine. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Sure, sure you did. This is a
1: fun, this is a fun interaction. This is
0: a good intro. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) So instead of giving you a hard time, let me uh, let me just introduce our guest because we got a good one today. I've known him for a while. He is mortgage banker extraordinaire, Brian Minko. Gosh, I've probably closed a dozen or so loans with him, uh, and he is uh, he is an absolute beast in Southern California when it comes to mortgages. Welcome, Brian. Hello. Thanks for having me on. You are. Guess your role is senior VP at Prospect. or your your role was senior VP at Prospect Mortgage. Now you're divisional VP at Homebridge for uh, six years. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes, that's correct.
0: And you kind of, I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of people know you in our space, and but I don't know if everyone knows that you are just every year you originate a crazy number of loans. Uh, I looked into you, and in 2021. You were the eighth highest mortgage originator in the entire country. I saw that uh, in, uh, according to National Mortgage News, you were the number one mortgage originator in America with 800 plus loans done. So, I mean, you're you're a beast. How do you do it?
2: You know, I, I've been in this industry for about 26 years, and I think that The bottom line is you have a reputation out there of just helping the actual realtors, the actual buyers. I think when you've been doing it as long as I have, you have a reputation of if they have a hard file, they have a problem, they have an issue, oh, you need to call Brian, he'll make it happen. And then when I make that one happen, then the realtors go, okay, you're my guy, I'm using you from here on out. And that's kind of how I started.
0: That's been my experience with Brian is uh, if he says he can get a loan through, he can get a loan through. And that doesn't always happen because there are hard loans. There's things that come up. There's qualification issues. But like, I don't know how he does it, but this guy works magic. And he, he seems to get every file through that that he says he can.
2: Yeah. No, thank you.
0: So, look, I don't want to call you you and I are, I don't want to call us old. I mean, we've been around the business for a few years. I'm not old. You're not old. Uh, I'm not old. We're definitely young at heart, yep. but I'm guessing, so we're going through some interesting times with regard to rates and mortgages, values. You like me have probably seen it before. You've been through a couple cycles. I'd love to get your take on what's going on now, where this is going, the fact that we're all going to get through it together and kumbaya, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, what's, you know, interesting about right now is it kind of feels like 0708, mm-hmm. except I don't think we're going to have the foreclosures that we had in the 07, 08 era. I think th- that era was all about people not having equity in their homes. They didn't put any money down, so they just walked. I think now most people have a lot of equity in their homes. Most people are now actually qualifying for their mortgages. Mm-hmm. And I think what you'll find is when the consumer has money down or they have something invested in the property, they're not going to walk. And when you qualify and you, and you can actually make the mortgage payment, I don't think we're going to see that. I think we'll probably see housing market go down, It's not going to be like 07, 08, I really don't think so. I think we might see 5%, uh, 7%. I'm kind of thinking the values are going to go back to where the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Where the values were then, I think that's where the values are going to come back at. I think right now, interest rates are ugly. They're ugly, but I think that's just a short window, I think. I think the inflation numbers are going to come down pretty hard over the next 90 to 120 days, and I think you could see rates significantly lower, maybe the end of the first quarter yeah. is what I'm thinking. But I also think that right now is the opportunity, because I have a lot of people still purchasing homes, knowing, hey, I can get 50,000 off, 100,000 off the house right now, mm-hmm. come the middle of you know, uh, next year, rates will drop, values will rise, and you'll be just rolling again.
0: That's what I think refis are pretty slow, right? I mean, interest rates go up. Refis are gone. There's no no, Yeah, I
1: was going to say, is anyone refined right now?
0: Nobody's refinancing. Mm -hmm. Silly folks. So what
1: would you say to someone who's looking to purchase a home? Obviously, the rates affect their monthly payments. What is your take on, do you just go for it and then worry about refinancing later? Um, Yeah. that's Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, I'm telling everybody right now, listen, the interest rate sucks. Right now, it just does. Although, if you can afford the payment for the next six months, eight months, seven months, whatever that number is, if you can afford it, go for it. Don't pay any points. Don't pay all these costs on these loans. Get in inexpensively. Take the higher rate. Shut up. Move on. And come you know, the middle of next year, call me. I'll roll it. And we'll lower the interest rate.
0: So that's funny. You you tell your clients to shut up. I do the same thing. <laughs> that, I think that's smart. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you have yep. to wait a certain amount of time to refinance? N-
0: not at all. Oh, not at all. Yeah, there,
2: there is no prepayment penalties any longer, really, on most loans. And you really don't have to wait at all.
1: So rates are like such a huge conversation right now. But mm-hmm. people also seem to be confused about the difference between mortgage rates and the federal rate raising. Mm-hmm. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about the difference between those, how the rates end up going up in the real estate industry?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, what's been interesting about th- this cycle is when the feds raise rates, that, that that's not a direct correlation on, you know, mortgage rates. Right. That's other rates like your MasterCard, your visas, your car, all that stuff. And what's interesting is, over the last several times, except this one a couple days ago, when the feds have raised rates, interest rates have actually came down. Hmm. And that's because the market feels okay, maybe the federal government knows what they're doing and maybe they're able to control the inflation. Well, what happened this last time was Powell made a few comments about the uh, it's going to be very painful. He said that like four times. Yeah. Right? And when he said that, the market was like oh, oh shit, we're in trouble, we're going to have a problem, and interest rates just rocketed. Like the the 10-year went up 160 basis points in one day, which was insanity, right? And now what's interesting is over the last couple of days it's now came right back down about about 100 ish basis points. So the market's got to feel that the federal government knows what they're doing. And once they feel that that's happening, rates will come down. The federal government always does this. They then they go from one extreme to the other. They just can't get it in the middle. If you just go in the middle, <laughs> life will be so much easier,
0: but they just don't. It's good yeah. advice. Good yeah. advice. Go in the middle. Yep. Avoid extremes. Yep. Middle lane. Yep. So who
1: who controls the uh, mortgage rate? Like who decides when it goes up and down?
2: Well, it's the 10-year bond that the actual 10-year bond moves the mortgage backs. Securities move. When that goes up, rates go up. When that goes down, rates go down. What's interesting is we're probably already in a recession, Mm -hmm. okay? But it was interesting. I talked to a guy yesterday that runs a hedge fund, and he's he's smarter than I am 500 times over. And he said, we're not going to go in a recession. We're going to hit a depression. And that was the first time I've heard that, which kind of got me a little, whoa.
0: Why is he saying that? What? what The the depression,
2: because he thinks it's a a nationwide, a global economy is just going to get in the shitter. Going to shit. Yeah, going to shit. (laughs) And what's interesting is if that happens, interest rates go down. It's very interesting. The industry I'm in, when things go bad rates go low (laughs) The 9 11 rates dropped uh the Mm -hmm. pandemic rates dropped war rates drop i mean that's kind of the way things work here (laughs) in this industry
0: so you don't need to necessarily get a 30-year fixed uh fixed rate loan i mean if you want a better rate are there other options out there now
2: well what's interesting is uh, normally the answer is yes right normally over the last 26 years when i've been in this industry normally the you know the five years the seven years the 10 years always 150 basis points lower right yeah. now it's the other way because really? there's a there's an inverted yield curve going on right now where the short-term rates are actually higher than the long-term rates which is yeah. wild it's wow. wild so it doesn't make any sense so you all. can't get
0: a better rate on an adjustable not really no uh-uh. So you might as might as well ah. lock in. Yeah,
2: you might as well do a thirty-year fixed. I mean, why not?
0: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. What are, are there any other loan products out there that that people need to be aware of? Self-employment I, type stuff. Anything else? Oh yeah. I,
2: I mean, obviously, right now we're doing a lot of bank statement loans where these self-employed borrowers don't have tax returns that actually show their income, so we use their banks. Payments, we use their deposits as the income. And unlike oh seven, oh eight, these people are putting 20%, 30%, 35% down. So even though they're not technically showing their income, like I said earlier, when somebody's putting 20, 30% down, they're not walking from this house. They're just right. not. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of the loan. And, and then obviously that interest rate's higher because it's more of a risk.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me switch gears because I'm kind of interested in you and your, your kind of career trajectory, right? In yep. a sense, as a, as a mortgage broker, uh, no, no one gives you loans to do. You have to go out and get them. Great relationships. You're, you're a salesperson. Yep. And I think of real estate agents, and that's what this podcast is uh, targeted at. They're salespeople too. No one gives them a house to list. So what what are some tips you might have for folks just starting out think about yourself 26 years ago or maybe they're not starting out maybe they're in the meat of uh, of their uh, of their career but what do you recommend in terms of sales what do you recommend in terms of how do you how do you gain business
2: Well I I think it's very interesting cuz over my career I get I'm on all these podcasts and I stand up in front of thousands of people and everybody asks me hey what's the magic What's the yeah. the uh, I don't know uh, secret sauce? And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. I just work. <laughs> like I am. Um, I I didn't go go to college. I barely graduated high school. Like barely graduated high school. And what's interesting is I find that in this industry, a lot of people, whether they are in the mortgage side or the real estate side, most people in this industry are kind of you know lazy. They don't do the extra work. They don't make the extra call. They don't respond to every email. They don't call everyone back. They don't really work a true eight-hour day, right? A lot of people on the mortgage side, they'll show up at the office at, I don't know, 10 o'clock. They'll get on the phone, and then they'll go to lunch for a few hours. Then they'll come back, and they'll work for an hour, and then they'll leave. Well, I'm in the office at 5 a.m., and I don't leave until 7. Right. I just work. And I think the reputation that I have is I'll, I'll make it happen. I'll get it done. And I think on the real estate side, it's the same kind of thing. I talk to a lot of agents who go out on a listing appointment and and the and the seller goes, Hey, my house is worth one point eight. I want you to list it for one point eight. And a lot of realtors go, Okay, let's list it at one eight. Even though in their mind they're like, this house ain't worth one eight. What, what? not even close, right? So I believe that the realtor side needs to be like, hey, listen, your, your house ain't worth one eight, right? It's worth one six. I'm not gonna take your listing at one eight. It's not worth it to me because I'm gonna waste my time. I'm gonna waste your time. It doesn't make sense. So if you're willing to accept one because that's what the market's going to give you. Then I'll, I'll list it. But I think a lot of re- realtors don't do that. They just want to get the listing, and then it just sits there, and it just sits there. And then when they get yeah. a one point six offer, then the seller's like, "Ah, oh, one i I'm not taking that." And then they're like, in the back of their mind, "Well, shit, dude, that's what it's worth, right?" So I yeah. think. The top realtors or the good realtors have to be able to walk away and say, look, I'm going to list it for one six. I don't care if the other person tells you one eight, it's not going to sell there. And I think that's I think a huge thing Just be honest, I think, is the most important thing.
1: You know, what always happens with that too. I've seen it so many times where the agent will say, yeah, great. We'll do it. We'll list it at one eight and then it won't sell. It'll sit on the market. Eventually, you know, the listing agreement will expire and they'll let go of the agent and they'll relist it at one six with someone with else. another agent because their relationship has now been damaged, right. you know, because right. they wanted something that they didn't get that's, from the agent. So yeah, that's right. I definitely see that a lot.
0: How did you create relationships, Brian, like, uh, again, earlier in your career? Now, you know, a lot of people know you and they call you, but what was it like earlier? You're in the office, 14 hours a day. What'd you do? I
2: would go out to real estate offices. I mean, back in the day, the offices were open. So I just yeah. walk in, I'd start talking to people. I would, would go to open houses. I would just walk in Saturdays and Sundays. I get in my car. I'd start finding the open houses. I'd walk in. I say, Hey, you got a um, you know a, a lender? And they go, Well, yeah, I got a lender. And I say, Hey, listen, anybody that puts an offer in on your house, let me pre-qualify them because that's another thing. The realtor looks like shit when you accept an offer. And then the client doesn't qualify. So you get halfway through escrow and they don't qualify. Then the sellers looking at the agent going, Are you serious, bro? Like I just wasted this, right? So what I did was I kind of started in the oh two, oh one era of saying, Hey, let me pre-qualify your buyers. And the agents were like, What? Why? I said, Because I want to guarantee your commission. Right? Don't you want somebody to guarantee it? Yeah. And then what would happen is I would either talk to the buyer and I would be able to to talk them into using myself and not the other lender, or what I would do is I would get them approved. The other lender would fall down or they wouldn't call them back or whatever they would do. Then the buyer goes, wait a minute, I talked to this guy, Brian, he got me done. Called me, take it, run. And then what happens? I gained that realtor. Why? Because I earned their commission, right? That's kind of how I really, you know, started. And now I have 800 realtors who use me. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Good book of business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good.
1: So what got you into, what did you do before loan?
2: It's funny. I I worked for my father that owned a paging. Remember the pagers? Uh, and I, and Uh, I worked for him and, uh, he sold the company and I was unemployed and my next door neighbor, I would come home every night at six and and seven. And this guy would be outside washing his Porsche. And I'm like, what do you do (laughs) for a living, bro? And then he's like mortgages. I'm like, what's that? He's like, what's a mortgage? I, I, I have no idea. And you know, <laughs> he said to me, "It's the best kept secret." And I go, "Okay." He said, "You sell mortgages." I'm like, "Really? That's what you do?" And you're home at one o'clock in the afternoon washing your car. He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm like, "Get me in the business." So he got me on this uh, this interview with uh, a company called Home Savings of America, and I got hired. And actually, it's funny. I'm the first loan officer that Home Savings ever hired that that did not have a college education the senior vice president said to me i'm either going to make the stupidest mistake i've ever done in my life or i'm going to make the smartest call i've ever made so i wound up uh being their top guy in like one year <laughs> so it worked out wow yeah, worked out you just hustled I right worked. I, mean, I mean i mean i i didn't even know what i was even doing i would just go to a <laughs> client's house, gather all their shit, and go, okay, what do I do? <laughs> what, what do I do? Because I had no idea. And, and I just worked, uh-huh. worked. And back then, I worked 20 hours a day, every day, every hour. I mean, I was working.
0: What do you think gave you the work ethic? I mean, is it just natural? Is it just you or family? I was raised poor. I was super poor when I was growing up, and, and being poor
2: sucks, and I just... Learned from my father, who worked 20 hours a day, and that's all I really knew was how to hustle, how to work, and I uh, and I just I don't know, it's just working. And now, what's funny is so many people say to me now, what motivates you now? It's not the money anymore. It's being number one. It's that is like still motivates me beyond. And now, what's interesting is I really enjoy putting people into homes now because back in the day i i would do the 10 million dollar loans and the seven million dollar loans and yeah those are awesome no doubt but what's more enjoyable is getting a first-time home buyer into their home that they've been saving for 40 years or 20 years or they're in the police or the firefighters or the education and you you help them those people are loyal. They are loyal dogs. I mean, they will call, they will send you their uncles, their brothers, their cousins, their moms, their dads. And that's kind of what I really will like uh, now anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let me go back to what's okay. going on now. Are people having trouble qualifying? I mean, I, I think the underwriting is still relatively strict. It's not 07, 08, right? Are people having trouble qualifying as rates go up? Will they just won't be able to service well, it alone.
2: what's interesting is the individuals that I pre-qualified last year, November, October, July of last year, they would be able to buy, let's say, a one million dollar house, right? Because the interest rate was at I don't know, you know, a three. Now, yeah. if the interest rate's at six, they don't qualify for a, a $1 million dollar house anymore. So now they qualify for this. 800,000 our house, right? So that's the only difference is the buyers go, oh, I found this house, I finally got it, because there were eighty offers. I'm like, okay, great, how much was it? Oh, it's a million, I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 yeah. right? And then you start having to, wait, well, hey, you gotta do this now, and now you gotta pay off this car, and you gotta do certain things so you qualify, because if the interest rate's higher, your monthly payment's higher. And what's very interesting is $600 a month to the average person, that's a lot of money. $500 more a month. Yeah. That, that'll either make them qualify or not. So yeah, there's a lot of that going on. A lot.
0: And that's not, there's nothing that's going to make that go away imminently. I mean, we don't think rates are going to go down any significantly anytime soon but if prices go down right so if they make an offer now for 850 for that same house now now it's closer exactly. to working out exactly
2: and you're seeing now the sellers are, are are now dropping their price a little bit they're getting antsy they want to get out of california they want to move to arizona nevada texas <laughs> and they start dropping a little bit and and to be honest i mean i'm seeing them go back to like i said prior to, to the pandemic that's about where I think values are going to go back down to. Maybe not that low, but in that range.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh, values got a little ahead oh, of themselves, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So you, I think you you seem like the kind of work hard, yeah. play hard kind of guy. What do you do during those four hours a day that you're uh, not working?
2: <laughs> I work out. I play golf. Yeah. i got an auto collection that I kind of mess around with. Uh hang out with my family, that kind of stuff yeah,
0: yeah, yeah what uh do you see yourself ever you don't really imagine yourself ever retiring mm, from this right no
2: <laughs> chance ever no, never no chance of that happening
0: <laughs> i i I love it i i mean
2: I might slow down a little bit and let my son uh-huh. kind of help me more and kind of slow down a little bit, but yeah, I don't see myself going ah, I'm done, I'm out. I, I like oh, yeah. it too much. It's enjoyable. I, I love you know helping people. I really do. I, I love it now. I really do.
1: How big is your team? Well, my team's about eight or nine people
2: on it. I got uh, the processors, the, the LOAs. Oh, I've got my own uh, underwriters in house who kind of look at the file prior to sending it to the underwriter. So I've got about eight or nine people on my team. And they're the ones who do all the work. I mean, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal.
0: Including a, a, a really nice, slightly less handsome yes, brother, I believe, Yeah. Right? Older as well. Older. <laughs> older <Elder> brother. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. Does no, 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 older. No. He's, he's been Seems... a huge
2: part of this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So last question, Brian, what should agents know these days? What, what, what do you, if you were sitting across from an agent telling them, Here's what you need to know these days about pre-qualifying, making sure your buyers, you know, making sure that if your sellers are getting the right buyers, what, what do they need to know right I now? Mean, I mean, to be there.
2: really honest, guys, it's get a loan officer like myself who does all the work up front. Make sure that buyer isn't just pre-qualified. They are fully approved and ready to go. That's what my squad does because they're the best. And I won't send out a pre-approval letter until I know that they are approved and done. And that helps because even now you're going to waive your your loan contingency up front or certain things like that, you have to have somebody that has done all the work because if you're at a A Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citibank, something like that, and the loan officer doesn't do their entire job up front, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. So really, the buying agent, the selling agent, get a loan officer that actually does the work up front. It's really important. It really is.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Crazy times, but we're going to get through it, aren't we? Yes, we
2: are. We always... Do, right, we we always do. So they, al-
0: they always end, and then things on the other side always get just get better.
2: Yeah, no, no. I, I see right. this as kind of a waiting out period for a lot of people that have been in this industry for a, yeah. a few years who think, oh, this is easy money, right? Well, now they're going, oh, this ain't so easy anymore. Those mm-hmm. people are going to go go away, which is awesome. And then come, I think, the middle of next year, we're going to be rocking again. Yeah. Moral That story, gives me
1: hope. I like that.
0: Work hard. Yep. Yeah. That's work right. Hard. Wait work it hard. out.
1: Just keep waiting work it out. Hard.
0: Wait, wait it out. <laughs> That's right. And work. Thank you, Brian. Always, Thank always you, a pleasure, Thank man. You,
2: Sarah. Thank
0: you, yeah. guys.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds.
1: And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review.
0: If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com.